What's up, everyone? How's it going? It's been a long, long time since you've heard from us and since we've got to interact with your comments that you shared during our streams. But we're back. First episode of 2022. And we're excited. And it's a new year, but we got the same goals as we had last year. And hopefully we can achieve those. We're going to kick it off here. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Happy 2022. And we are just, you know, a mere little bit of time left until... We get to start celebrating having fun at Championship Soccer Stadium again, just like all those people you can see on my image behind me here. I know you all are excited for this upcoming season. I know we all are excited for this upcoming season. And we're here to get things kicked off with discussing how things have changed with this roster since last season and since that cup was lifted uh, there at the end in Tampa Bay. But let's bring in all of the normals you hear from every year. We don't have any news, new uh, people joining us at least uh, on a uh, vocal standpoint, I know Andy joined last year mid-season as our producer. Uh, but let's get here to Dylan. Dylan's just hanging out there with, you know, just looking all chill and cool, waiting for me to shut up and stop talking so he can talk. Uh, Dylan, how's your 2022 going so far, my man? Uh, it's it's going pretty well. I was I was actually going to make a little reference to last year's first episode and say that it was 2021 still, but you took that fire away from me, so... Hopefully we can make some fire in the rest of the show. I ruined it for you. Yeah. I ruined well, the whole setup for you, Dylan. And now you don't it, know where to go from there. This is the Orange and Black Soccer cast. So it's yeah, fitting. It, you, you almost got the name wrong there. It sounds like I almost did. I almost forgot what our show was called. Uh, maybe, maybe the man down in San Diego who's been podcasting this whole time. He hasn't taken a break. Uh, you know, he's moved on to bigger, better things, but he still has time to hang out with us little people here at the Orange and Black Soccer cast. Uh, what? It, it, you're you're part of the usl show you're part of two yeah. balls in a mic now yeah yeah um, and now and you're still part of our group but I, yep. I would assume we're the the bottom of the barrel now when it comes to your schedule right alan oh uh, no that's te- that's folks. that's teaching teaching is the bottom of the barrel that's the least important thing i feel bad uh, for your kids man i feel bad for me too kids. every day no um no there's always that there's always that fondness for the for the first one right and so uh, we're already in mid-season form. We can't say words right. We don't know the name of our show, and uh, we always we had a pretty rocking intro. So, like, I think we're we're, we're nailing it already, and it's only February. Is, is it this like, like the first I mean, time? Yeah, it's it, this is this is our show. This is what we do, right? We we've always prided ourselves in uh, not trying to get things perfect. We just like to have fun, as the guy dances whatever not i am not my wife has a meeting and so i do not get the the loftus or the dungeon of justice or whatever we call it these days now the Um, question is is that christmas tree still there behind you yes it is still there the 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 christmas tree is still there in the corner i I felt felt we needed trying to see yeah i felt we needed continuity i thought that's what we were doing here We we were filming our voiceovers and so i felt that keeping the Christmas tree up would just like connect to last season so as, as a way of like bridging the gap. Dylan, you look confused. It's just good. Black, <laughs> it's just good backlighting, right? It makes me have like, it's like purple halo. It's gorgeous. It's like that halo thing that you're seeing on TikTok nowadays, right? Brad, what are your thoughts? How you doing, Brad up in Reno? <laughs> wow. Already in mid season form. Are you? Uh... Yeah. Alan already said that buddy. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, Mikey misses our faces. I don't know what there is to miss. Um, also beautiful. Um, okay, I'm doing great. It's nice to be back. It is nice to be back, and I see you're rocking a, a pretty cool scarf there this evening. Is it chilly in the Reno area this evening? 
Uh, yeah, it snowed today. I had to, uh, when I was driving the truck, uh, put chains on and off and on and off and then uh, drive over a mountain where my truck wasn't supposed to go because the other roads were all closed. Uh, yeah, it was a fun day. I'm surprised I even made it home by six. But you did make it home by six and you are here on this episode of the podcast, the first of 2022. If I'm a little disjointed with what I'm doing, I rushed home from Long Beach to be here and I literally got my computer up and running about a minute or two before we were supposed to go live. That's why we were slightly late for those of you who like to watch us live. Brad's got his invisible drink in hand. Uh, Alan's got some records behind him. Maybe he'll start spinning some of those records a little bit later. And Dylan's got a keyboard and some sort of stringed instrument back there. Um, but hey, this is Orange and Black Soccer Cast. You're not here to find out what we have in our background. You're here to uh, listen to us blab about Orange County Soccer Club. And, and there's been a lot of roster movement since we last got a chance to speak with you about this team. Um, so we're going to sort of dive into it and look at who's no longer with Orange County, who's returning, who uh, we don't know if they're returning or not, and then the newcomers too. So we got a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, and we'll get into that. I want to thank our producer, Andy, for putting together a sort of cheat sheet for us to see the list of players that are returning, the list of players that left us, and, and all the other stuff on there. Uh, let's get started with the two players that are not returning due to retirement from last season. Um, and those two players, of course, are Thomas and Avoltson, and one player that we barely got a chance to see last year. And I know some of us on the show were hoping he would Maybe try one more time to play with us uh, this season for Orange County. That's Adam John. Um, obviously, I'm going to probably guess we're going to all have the same answer. The bigger impact or the bigger loss for this team is the Thomas Hennevoltson loss. Um, maybe, you know, not statistically because he, he, he was doing his thing, but he didn't put up the statistics like we've seen in the past. But uh, he was probably a, a very uh, integral piece of the just leadership of this team. And, um, when you saw him return to the pitches, when you saw Orange County go on that that great run towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, uh, Dylan, how much uh, or how big of an impact or how big of a loss is Thomas Enavoldson for this Orange County team heading into twenty twenty two? I think under a different system, it's a massive, massive loss. Under the system that we do play, I I don't know. I I think we've got a really good forward um, who's who's clinical enough and. Uh, offers a little bit more than Ina Voltson is or, or did, but um, I think we do lose more than the goal scoring that we saw in 2018, the kind of player that can take a touch or not take a touch and put a ball with the perfect weight five yards in front of a rushing Domus to, to put on frame. Um, so hopefully we can find that, but even just the, the professionalism, of Ina Voltson will probably be the bigger miss um, in, in training and, and during matches because as we've all probably heard and as people who probably just tune in on ESPN Plus have heard, uh, he demanded a lot while playing. But I'm thrilled for him to uh, to get some time to hang out and, um, you know, spend time with his newborn, newish born, I guess now, and fiance, soon to be wife, and his business. And, he earned it. He played for a long time and hey, he went out on top and won't fault him for that. Right. I mean, perfect time uh, as a player that's sort of at the tail end of the career at this point, dealing with injuries over the last few seasons. Why not go out on top? Why not celebrate, enjoy that victory, enjoy the the moment there. And then, you know, like you said, he has a, a you know, newish born that he probably wants to spend more time with in the family. Um, let me, let me go to you, Alan, the Adam John, uh, probably not a surprise that he's not coming back. Uh, there was a, maybe some hope from some of the fans, including myself that uh, he would give it another go. And, and from what the rumors were, it was uh, orange counties in, in orange counties courts or the ball was in their hands or whatever phrasing we want to say there. Cause I'm totally messing this up. Um, but they were in control of, of this. If they, if he was going to come back and be healthy, they could, I guess go with a second year option with what that original loan agreement was. Um, unfortunately he announces his retirement. Are we sad that we didn't get to see Adam John, um, do Adam John things in an orange County, uh, uniform last season or this season, upcoming season? 
I mean, I think it's a juxtapose that against the previous answer. It's like you have two diametrically opposed last moments of your career um, between those two players, and you you hope that it's like Thomas and Evoldson, like that's like the goal, right? That's like leaving it on top. But like most athletes just want to be like, I want to leave on my own. And when I, when I'm ready to go, um, I, <laughs> I think, I, I think it's sad for orange County, but I think it's even sadder, like for Adam John, not to like be able to put in a full season or at least feel like he, he gave it his all, but clearly he's like, Hey, it's time to move on. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck. It's, it's, it's a bummer that his career ends that way. Um, yeah, he probably would have been fine in orange County, but again, I think this, the system of, you know, defend with your life and, and then counterattack with speed. I'm not sure he, he would have fit in there either. Um, so might not have been the best fit for even for him to come back. So I think uh, it's an unfortunate end to a story, but it's, Hopefully for Adam John, it's something like more like a chapter in the book versus like the end of the book. Like, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Uh, I'm going to call off a few names here of some of the other players that have officially moved on from Orange County um, after the season. I know a few of these names we were hoping were going to be returning or possibly returning. But, uh, you know, obviously there's opportunities that become available when you're a championship team and. You're going to have more. Uh, you're going to have other teams looking at your roster to see how they can improve their roster. So some of those names that have moved on: Eric Calvillo moving on to El Paso. Uh, you had Nathan Smith, uh, maybe the, the the surprise of the group, uh, moving down to the what is it, Central Valley Fuego, which I believe that's a League One squad. If if I'm wrong, um, tell me on that. Uh, um, what do you got? Abraham Romero recently uh, going over to Las Vegas Lights. Uh, Ben Mines, who was on loan from FC Cincinnati last year, returning to FC Cincinnati, I believe. Um, Raymond Dre going to Rochester. Interesting move there. Uh, Aiden Apodaca going to Charleston in the battery. Jack Imperato going to Real Salt Lake. Uh, Danny Fondes uh, moving to Louisville City. I think that was just announced earlier today, or maybe it, it was seen earlier today. Although uh, props to our producer, Andy, for uh, seeing that the press release on that was off by some of the matches that were being announced that he had played for orange County. We all know he never really made an appearance for orange County, but was part of that bench doing bench things. I'm going to go to you, Brad. We haven't heard from you yet about this, these roster, these losses out of all those names. Who's the biggest, uh, who's the biggest lost for orange County um, heading into 2022. I mean, I don't think it needs to be up for debate. Uh, clearly, the biggest loss is uh, one of the MVPs of the postseason, Eric Calvillo, and definitely down the stretch. Um, you know, Calvillo was the player who kind of had the identity of the whole entire uh, Orange County midfield. And missing him um, for next season, you know, the way he fit into our system is going to it's going to be a huge loss. And uh, there's a couple of incoming players that are interesting and having and how they can replace them. But I guess we'll get to that later. Yes. We, we will talk about those incoming players um, and where they're going to fit. Maybe who are they going to replace on the roster? Um, but yeah, Eric Calvillo, I think we talked about it multiple times towards the end of uh, 2021 on our final shows. Uh, he was as big a part of that championship match uh, as Ronaldo Damas, as Patrick Rakowski, um, he he played a, a big part on the outcome of that match there because he solidified that midfield for the rest of his teammates. Um, and, you know, it, it, it shows. I mean, and props him to to turning it into a, a new opportunity in El Paso. It's, it's not like he's going to a, a team that has been horrible. El Paso was one of the favorites heading into the playoffs last year to get out of the West. They just um, – the the playoffs showed it. It's, it's not about how good you are. It's how good you are in that moment. Uh, and you know, Orange County just happened to be better than all the other teams they faced during that time. And it was El Paso lost to the Roots, I believe, um, in, a, in a shocker. Uh, the playoffs were crazy. Um, Dylan, do you have a name out of that list of the leaving players that you want to 
talk about or that you think is uh, going to be hard for Orange County to replace in the lineup? It is Eric Calvillo. Um, and this was kind of what I was alluding to when talking about Thomasina Boltson was Calvillo's ability to progress the ball up the pitch, um, linking up with Brian Oloski, dribbling, his distribution, his ability from set pieces. Um, that that's Those are a lot of things, um, specifically the ball progression through the midfield. Um, that that's, that's going to be a big miss. And that's going to, you know, losing Aiden Quinn was another situation where no one really does what uh, Eric Calvillo does. And no one really does what Aiden Quinn does. So we, we have to uh, either adapt or maybe we're, we're finding something. Um, maybe this is Daniel Peterson's time to shine in that, in that role. Um, but that's a big unknown <laughs> about who can take that role or if that role continues to exist without a player to, to fit into that mold. Yeah. The, the later part of the season, our midfield was probably very solidified with a lineup of Tommy McCabe, um, Eric Calvillo, uh, Miko Kinning is playing a part in, in, in that setup there. Uh, and don't forget about Dylan Powers, Dylan Powers too. And so you're losing, obviously there you're losing, uh, Eric Calvillo. You have a couple of those names returning, I think. Um, but who knows? Uh, I, I don't know if there's any news on Dylan Powers because I don't think yet, there's any yeah. official word that he has signed anywhere. I know there's been sightings of him uh, on some, you know, training camp rosters or or scrimmages or practice matches or friendlies or whatever we want to call this out on. I, again, I'm ruining words. I do this all the time. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a big hurt to lose Eric Calvillo. Uh, let me ask you this, Alan. At, at this point, there's one known. Uh, as a returner from for a goalkeeper, the other two goalkeepers on the roster last season, which were Abraham Romero and Danny Fondes, have officially moved on. Um, does that concern you that basically there's one known goalkeeper, and at this point we're potentially looking at uh, an, uh, someone that is an, a big unknown as the backup to Patrick Rakowski? It's definitely a question mark. I think the way that Orange County likes to play. Uh, I think it relies heavily on a quality goalkeeper um, to really get that back four uh, to perform the way they need to perform, right? Uh, Orange County is well known for uh, not giving up tons of goals, and that boils down to Rakowski really playing well down the stretch. Uh, the The thing that gives me hope is that if you asked who was Rakowski at the beginning at this point last year, you've been like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't know what he's going to be like. And so you just have to hope that your front office staff have identified some people that can fill that role uh, and fill it well. Cause you, there's going to be times where you're going to need a good backup keeper uh, with the U S open cup coming back in uh, with, you know, sun, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, there's some, some rough stretches in there where if you go on a little bit more of a, a deeper cup run, you're going to need a, a solid backup keeper for one of those two. Uh, so there is a little bit of concern there. Um, but again, I, I think um, USL is well known for who is this guy. And then all of a sudden he's like killing it. Right. Uh, we saw that Oakland did that. Their, their third keeper was the guy who was starting that playoff match again in orange County. And, if that's your third keeper and that's where you end up, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal position to be in. So you never know. Um, you you hope that they have someone lined up and or identified and or maybe it's like a kid that, you know, Aaron, like uh, Aaron Cervantes just kind of came up and took some spots, uh, borrowing a comment from uh, from Andy. Uh, so I, I think there's some options maybe that are there that aren't the most obvious. You can get a loan. Uh, you can find some diamond in the rough and maybe there's a guy who just isn't registered with the league yet. Cause I know there's some people having some visa issues. Uh, so there's a, a lot of possibilities there that we just might not know. So let me just sort of follow up on you uh, really quick, Alan. So Patrick Krakowski. Yeah. Most of us didn't know much about a Patrick Krakowski, but we did know that he did at least feature in the German youth, uh, you know, development there. And, and he was a member of the, uh, multiple youth level uh, national teams for Germany. So you have to know that there's at least some quality there if uh, uh, if someone is talented enough to represent their country at any age level. 
um, yeah, it didn't uh, lead to him representing Germany at the, you know, the senior squad level, but still there's some talent there. And I, I know there, our producer there's a, said, there's a, well, there's a few people in his way to the, the German national team. So that is <laughs> there, no there fault. Are, yeah. that, that's definitely a, a tough uh, group of, of, of players to overcome there. Um, and, and our producer Andy was mentioning that Aaron Cervantes was sort of a nobody when he got his opportunity. But I mean, there was this plan for Aaron Cervantes coming in. It's not like he was a, uh, you know, trialist that came on and just looked really good. So they brought him in. I mean, uh, we all know the story, you know, coach Braden Cloutier knew Aaron Cervantes from his time coaching in the youth ranks. Uh, so when he came to orange County, that was one of the first names he looked at signing to the squad to a professional contract um, before the whole Francis Jacobs thing. You had Aaron Cervantes coming in as the youngest ever signing for orange County. Uh, and so there was at least this idea or this thought that he's going to be potentially be something. It wasn't just a, a random player that just looked good in a couple uh, opportunities and the club said, let's bring him on. And this is someone that there was a plan being made for. So scary at this point, but yeah, there's still plenty of time. And we do know with orange County, um, you know, there, there tends to be some late in the, uh, uh, training camp or even early season signings that they bring on when there's an opportunity. And who knows that partnership with Rangers uh, may lead to uh, an opportunity to bring a goalie and especially if Orange County can survive some of the league cup or not league cup, the U uh, S cup um, matches, which has not been their thing in the past. Brad, last thought on any of these uh, leaving players before we move on to the returning players. Yeah, um, you know, obviously I wish all of them uh, best of luck in their uh, future locations. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how a lot of these players do get used at their new places. Uh, kind of players like uh, Aiden Apodaca in Charleston. Um, you know, I talked with him a little bit after uh, he left the team. And, you know, I think we're both thinking that he's going to get a little bit more playing time down there in Charleston than he would have in uh, Orange County. And then uh, Abraham Romero, it'll be interesting to see how he slots in with uh, Vegas and the whole LAFC deal, if he's going to be the uh, starting keeper there or if he's going to get passed over for someone within the system already. That would be be hard to see with him because I know one of his biggest frustrations this past season was – uh, the lack of uh, consistent minutes uh, with Patrick Rakowski sort of shining towards the end of the season there. So probably he's looking at that move to Las Vegas, hoping for an opportunity to get more playing time. Uh, but yeah, who knows how that happens. Let's talk about the players we know that are returning to the squad based off of Orange County official announcements. Those players include, and I, there's no particular order on this other than Andy's master list of names. Uh, but we do have returning Michael Orozco, uh, Brian Olosky, uh, Ronaldo Damas, Patrick Rakowski, Brent Richards, Tommy McCabe, Miko Kuningas, Kobe Henry, Ugo Okoli, Seth Kasipli, Francis Jacobs. Uh, I, I do know there's probably a couple names in there that we're looking at. Uh, this is all speculation, but may not finish the season with Orange County, especially when you look at some of those younger names. We know uh, a name like Kobe Henry. There's been some uh, rumors circulating that he is potentially on a move to France or another uh potential European club. And we always know that Francis Jacobs is linked to some move, whether it's to Rangers or another team out there in Europe, but you got a solid core of players there that are returning key players from last year's uh, championship run. Uh, the captain, although he is getting up there in age of Michael Orozco uh, making the return. I know, uh, I believe it was Dylan mentioned towards the end of last year that maybe this is the swan song for him and he gets to leave on top, uh, like Anna Volson did, but, uh, I, I think um, I, I think we're all excited for him to come back and try to uh, run it back with this squad. Um, but yeah, some decent offensive firepower in this returning group uh, when you look at that. Uh, and let's talk about this. I'll go to you first, Dylan. Um, best or biggest impact player returning on this squad. Um, who do you think is gonna gonna be the most important out of these guys that are returning? I think there's a number of ways to look at that. Um, obviously, like the financial side of things is who's the best returner, and it's probably Kobe Henry um, in that regard because he can play at this level and has been linked with so many moves and um, went on trial in Europe this winter. 
obviously put with the national team or trained with the national team didn't play the senior team the too, senior that, team. that was a big yeah. that was a big big move there is to be able to train with the senior team and greg bearhalter did say that he's not ready to play at that level yet um but that they wanted to take a look at him and that he he had earned a look which is fair because when you're the champion of uh the usl i mean you, you deserve a, a good a good look there um outside of that i mean I do love Miko because he has that set piece delivery, as we know, um, from a certain goal scored from quite a distance uh, in a rather recent game. And and beyond that, I think he just offers a versatility that is important, whether that's playing uh, wide right or playing as something closer resembling like an eight. Um, that's going to be important because although we do have a lot of players whether it's a four-four-two or a four-two-three-one, uh, maybe it gets crazy. And there's a four-three-three. Uh, having a player that can play somewhere within that system, no matter what the team shape looks like, from minute one to minute ninety-five, is that's good. Um, so those are probably my two biggest picks. And that's no disrespect to someone like Seth Kasipoli, who I'm looking forward to a fully fit Seth Kasipoli. Let me uh, just jump on to your Miko Kaningas. Uh... Thoughts. The the other cool thing to look at with this guy, I mean, we all know from that championship match he can nail a, a free kick into the you know top left corner of a box, right? But he also can deliver a great pass from a set piece. We saw that a couple times throughout the regular season. Um, that that's uh, some good versatility to have from a midfielder. You're going to have on your roster is if he's out there, uh, he's probably going to take those those free kicks, especially when they come from the right side if they're delivering it in delivery delivering it in to the box or probably from the left side. If he's trying to curl it into the, uh, the goal um, I, I'm excited. And plus he was one of the fan favorites uh, at the end of last season uh, as per our, our voting from the award show. Uh, Alan, uh, any names on here that you uh, are excited to see back or think will make a big impact in any way with this club? I was going to say Seth Kasipli, but I didn't want to steal Brad's thunder, so I will refuse to talk about him. because I No, go for it. I already have uh, two other names picked out. Perfect. Uh, I do think it, it's going to be nice to see someone like him. I think, you know, when Orange County signed him, it looked to be pretty promising, this kind of box-to-box guy. Um, I'm interested to see how he fits in as Orange County has evolved since he first signed. Um, I think he can be an important cog in the team. Um, you know, obviously Kobe Henry is a big name to look at. I think he turns what 18 in April. Um, try, uh, Dylan mentioned try a trialist kind of deal with Reigns in France, League uh, I believe. Uh, wait, how so does that go, Alan? League uh, um, how do you do, Dylan? Of that. Come on, how do you do, Dylan? Let's hear it. Go, Dylan? I want to hear your best fullbacky, Ligon. Impression. Legal. Yeah, but faster. Legal. Yeah, there you go. That's that's there we go. now it's like listening to hardcore footy. Como talivu. Um but I my the other one, you know, Kobe Henry is Kobe Henry, and I, I, I want to see his development. Uh but I think the other name I'm gonna go with is Patrick Rakowski. I uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier about how important the goaltender is gonna be. Uh if you can put together another run. Uh, like he did for Orange County last year, then Orange County is in a really good spot. Um, usually goalies are pretty consistent, but um, we're seeing that with like all black in the, in that sometimes good keepers have some rough times and rough patches. Um, I think that'll be determined on how good Michael Orozco and Robbie Kiernan play. If Robbie Kiernan comes back, um, defenders like that make a huge difference, especially the way that Orange County likes to defend. Um, and I think Patrick Rakowski uh, can put the team on his back and go on a really good run. Um, and so I, I think the guy for me to watch is the guy I'm excited to watch come back is Seth. The guy I want to see repeat his performance in last year is, is uh, Patrick. And as, as of right now, you need Patrick to repeat it because he's the only real like name goalkeeper on this roster as of right now as we're recording this and, and streaming this. Uh, Brad, what about you? You said you had a couple names. Did uh, Alan go steal both of your names? 
No, Alan stole none of my names. In fact, I'm kind of surprised nobody's uh, mentioned uh, at least one of them. Uh, you know, we're talking about reselling Kobe Henry somewhere down the line over the next year or so. The name that also carries a lot of value, hopefully in the next couple of years, is uh, Ronaldo Damas. And I don't think anybody's brought him up. You know, the re the leading goal scorer of the team is returning. Uh, he ended the season with, what, 14 goals, I think it was, or 13. Um, but, you know, one of the uh, one of the best players and honestly surprise players uh, from last year um, coming out and leading the team in goals after kind of being given this extra spot. Um, that's kind of the obvious answer. Uh, for me, the player that I'm – a little uh, excited to see return to the pitch this year, and I thought he ended the season last year with a uh, pretty good run of form and hasn't really gotten noticed as much. Uh, Tommy McCabe. Uh, Tommy McCabe is someone that I see playing a lot of uh, the defensive mid position, and he, he played it at the end of the year quite well, and honestly, um, you know, really excited to see him come back with the team, and Hopefully he can pick it back up because if Dylan Powers doesn't return, Tommy McCabe is going to be asked to do a lot more in that position. So let me uh, just add a little bit more to what you're saying. Cause I, yeah, I was surprised it went to Brad before we heard Ronaldo Donis. Um, Dylan's trying to talk about value and yeah, Kobe Henry does have value. Ronaldo Donis has some pretty good value uh, as well. Um, and it's only going to grow because he's getting more and more international opportunities, which as uh, many know, and if you don't know, uh, to get into one of uh, you know the bigger leagues in Europe, sometimes you need to have so many international appearances for your national team, um, or you have to have already played in a big league. And I don't know if the USL Championship uh, counts as one of those major leagues uh, that would get you the the easy visa or the easy passport opportunities to to play in some of these big European setups. I know he's probably not at that level. He's not going to go to the Premier League. He's not going to go to to La Liga or anything like that. But you get more opportunities to showcase your skills. You get more international opportunities. You're at least going to open up those doors for maybe there's a team in the premier league that would be willing to take a flyer on him, spend a little bit of money, loan him out and develop him in, in Europe and see what happens. That, that that'll happen if you get those international opportunities, um, which he's, you, he's probably going to keep getting as long as he stars uh, and, and gets the opportunities with orange County. Dylan, it looked like you had some. Yeah. Thing to say I mean, go for it. I heard there's this, this, English team and their star man with glass ankles is over it. And he's been over it for a couple of years and some gentleman's agreement fell through. They're probably looking for a guy that can score goals. Um, so, you know, maybe just maybe. Is there, is there something wrong with, uh, with Firmino up there in Liverpool? I didn't, I didn't say shiny white teeth. I'm pretty sure I said okay. um, glass ankles okay. um, and over it. Um I think he's enjoying life mm. with his squad now under uh, a manager that was brought in midseason, and especially you know getting the double over the top team in the league. That that's always a way to to get some excitement. Uh, but we're here but, to talk about Orange County, Dylan. Yes. Orange County. Um, I think Ronaldo goes without saying in a way, and and I don't think he's here for too long. Um, I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying anything, so I won't. But. Uh, you know, this was obviously the the goal here was bring him up from League One um, or legal and and see how he does. Um, and he really tore up the league, which is not a surprise given. And he his ceiling is clearly much much higher than than the USL Championship. So it's a matter of uh, getting him under contract for this year, having him under contract, hopefully giving him a nice long break. Um, and I've already hasn't been involved in the preseasons yet, so. Should be having that, and then um, you know, hopefully he maintain some level of the form that he had last year, and 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 selling him on. Which, when we look at how the uh, the new arrivals fit in with the thousand players that can play <laughs> up top, it does make sense when you think about maybe some of the moves that are going to be coming in July or August of this year. Um, so we will talk about those new players that are joining the team, but first let's just run down the list of the unknowns, the ones that there's been no official word of their status. Some of them 
there's highly linked thoughts or rumors that they will be returning to the team. And some of them, some of them, it's just completely, we don't know what's going on. Some of those names include Rob Kiernan, Kevin Alston, Dylan Powers, like we mentioned, Eero Markinen, uh, Darwin Jones, uh, Sean McTague, or Mc, is it McTague? I can't remember how we say his name. And then Blake Malone. Um, you know, some of those names, uh, I will say probably the two biggest names that we're hearing because either they've been seen around the club still or um, it's just sort of a thought based off of fans talking to some of these players. That's because we've talked about it in this league. Uh, one of the big benefits is you actually get interaction with some of these players sometimes um, and, and fans get to talk to the players. So um, there's there's strong beliefs that a Rob Kiernan may be returning and a Blake Malone will be returning. I think Blake's been seen at, um, you know, training with the team and involved with preseason. So, um, you know, that's nice to see. But some of these other names, uh, some of the big ones, Darwin Jones and Kevin Alston, they, you know, last year were the two players that have been with this team longer than anybody. Um, and there's no word on what's going on with them. And Dylan Powers, all, uh, again, we mentioned, you know, he's been seen around uh, you know, training camps or uh, training with other teams. So who knows what's happening with him? Are there any names out, out of that list, Alan, that you're thinking, yep, they're going to be back next year for Orange County? Um, I mean, we know that Blake's been around, so he's, he's probably coming back. Um, I, I think the only name on that list that is like super duper important is Rob Kiernan. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see Kevin Alston. Uh, or Darwin Jones, but like when, if they're ready to go, they're ready to go. Um, Darwin Jones hasn't been getting a ton of minutes with the team as of late. Uh, Kevin Alston's been giving it his all. Uh, but you know, how many more seasons does he have in those legs to, uh, to run and defend and, and play the way that he probably wants to play? Um, I, I think that's what it boils down to is I think both of those guys, DJ and, and Kevin Alston is, do they have it, something in the tank to prove or, you know, is it like they're still contemplating or um, it just could be that, you know, that maybe they, they, they try to get up for the next season and realize that maybe we don't got it. Um, and I don't see the necessity of necessarily having a guy with Darwin Jones, although I absolutely appreciate him for what he's done in the past. But in the sports team, you can't – if you're bringing people along because of what they've done for the team in the past, uh, you're bringing along guys that maybe it's best if they either move along or, or find a, a slightly different fit. Um, you know, with the players you have up top, I'm not sure DJ gets a ton of minutes. Um, but, yeah, that, that one name that sticks out to me the, mo the most is Rob Kiernan. He's not everyone's – he's not going to fit in everyone's system. He's not, like – but I think he – is the best center back for Orange County system like in the league right now. I think if you're going to play the way Orange County wants to play, Rob Kiernan understands it. Uh, he anchors that system, and he's a big reason why teams who usually cross into the box aren't going to cross into the box unless they have someone who can really go for it because uh, he'll clear everything out. So that's the one that strikes me as the most interesting, and I know that there's some rumors that he's talking about coming back, uh, but until he signs on that on that line, uh, you're going to, you're holding your breath a little bit. And, and you know, the, the, I guess reassuring thing for orange County fans is we've seen this in the past where some of these names uh, that haven't signed yet. And that are players that fans would love to see back. We, we saw this last season with Kevin Alston. I think it was sort of a surprise when later in the uh, preseason period, we're hearing the name of Kevin Alston as a returning player. So maybe that's just sort of, we're seeing, Hey, maybe Rob's holding out and waiting until the club offers his friend, Harry, uh, a contract with the team again. Cause we all know we've all seen the pictures, Harry, I guess, uh, training with, uh, Dylan's other favorite Irvine team, the uh, Cal United strikers, uh, a, a few weeks back. Um, so who knows, maybe Harry's tired of just training kids and wants to actually get out there and run a little bit more. And by the way, we do have a couple of, uh, uh, people listening, uh, Russell and El Patron de Grayson, um, stating that uh, Sean McTague is going to play at Cal Poly Slow, San Luis Obispo. Um, Brad, any thoughts on any of these names other than uh, uh, you can just say I agree with what Alan and Dylan have said, or if you have another thought on any of these names of the question marks? 
I really can't give any insight because I'm not reaching out to players, nor am I uh, around the area to even hear on these rumors. So I'm just going to, yes. Yes. That's all Brad's going to say is yes. All right, let's um, do this. Let's talk about some of these new players. And uh, I believe we got to discuss some of these players towards the end of last calendar year, because I think some of these announcements were made before we um, took our break, but the new incoming players for this roster is we got Danny Acosta, who's joining from, I believe, uh, last played for Los Dos, right? Yeah, agree. Sure. Um, Kevin Partita, where did he last play? Who's going to call it out? Let's do a trivia here. We can't hear your bobblehead there, Brad. Oh, he played for Indy last. Okay. Eric Torres. Kubo. Uh, Atlanta United. Hey, we can't let Brad win this this competition. There's going to be a prize at the end for everybody. Sure um, what about Daniel Peterson? These are valuable seconds you're wasting, Ray. Well, come on. You got to call at least take a guess, Dylan. Y you skipped one. Tony Rocha. New York City FC. Milan Elosky. Is he the one Ray from Salt Lake? Lake? Yeah. Yeah, basically Marsh, we Marsh. swapped Jack and Prado for him, which is I, I think that's a better swap for us. I, I think we have the better the upper hand on that. And then the last one is uh Corday, what is it? Uh Osudina. Osudina? Uh wasn't he with uh Barcelona's Youth Academy? Yes, out there in, in Phoenix, I believe. Um, which of these are we most excited about? Uh let's go to Alan first. Which one am I most excited about? None of them. Um, I think they're all equally interesting. Um, no, I think I said this before. I'm. That's the I'm, answer for Alan that he didn't do any research on any of these players, so he has no idea who he's excited about. Um, I'm, I'm the most. With your links to like Mexican soccer, Alan, that you would have maybe gone to Kubo. You were excited. No, that's what I was gonna say. We call that his name. I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily excited to see. Like, I don't mean this in like the negative way, um, because you're, the offense is going to run through Domus, and he is amazing, all, almost all on his own. Um, and if you bring Kiernan back with the Roscoe and Rakowski, like you have your your solid middle of the box, and so you're running, uh, a, probably going to be running a pretty similar system. Uh, I was going to say the most intriguing to me is the the Kubo Torres, right? He's he was essentially like nicknamed like um, who do they want him to be? Why can't I? Why am I spacing on the name Chicharito. Chicharito? He was like the next Chicharito, right? So they're like he's huge pressure on him. They never really lived up to right the the you know the expectations in Mexican soccer can be pretty demanding. Um, and he just never quite lived up to the hype. Uh, so a guy like him can be like crazy good and really impactful uh, because he's just bringing a, a probably a higher skill level uh, than a, a typical USL player would, right? We see this with some of these guys uh, like Rubio Rubin and San Diego kind of relaunch their career uh, and, and make it straight back up to that next level. So he can be a, he can, oof. Probably be a, a terror for teams, uh, but like the other side of that is, is he going to be motivated uh, to play in a, in, a, in a lower division league? Uh, so that's what's the most intriguing to me is what, what kind of Kubo Torres is Orange County going to be playing with? Uh, but that's for sure the one I'm like, I am for sure the most intrigued. Um, I will tune in. Uh, excitedly every single week to see that experiment happen on the pitch. Cause I think it could lead to some pretty interesting fireworks um, or it can lead to some pretty terrible fireworks, depending on uh, your perspective. Brad, what about you? Um, any names on here that uh, catch your eye? Well, I already um, kind of showed off the uh, Kevin Partita bobblehead. Uh, he's the guy that I'm most excited for. Obviously, more than just being a homer, that he's a, a local kid of uh, the Reno Sparks area up here. Um, I just think Kevin is going to fill a that uh, Eric Calvillo role with the team. Um, I don't know 
if it's going to be an instant because he is coming off of a uh, Achilles injury, I believe it was, during his time with Indy 11. But um, I've been, just like a lot of Reno players, I've always been very hard on uh, players, and Kevin Partida is no exception. I believe, I don't remember if it was at the end of last season when he was signed, but I told the story about how I uh, cursed him out at a bar in front of his parents. Um, and I hope they never hear that, but, uh, Kevin Partita ha- is a lot better of a player than I, than I give him credit for. And it's the same thing as, uh, as Calvillo when he came in, I was very hard on him, but honestly, Kevin Partita is going to fill in that Calvillo role very well. They are very similar players and I'm just looking forward to seeing him on the pitch in, uh, orange and black colors. And maybe a little bit of blue uh, from time to time there, you know, when Orange County sports a blue kit. Um, Dylan, I, I think uh, it wasn't a surprise uh, because we knew uh, he was training with the team. But earlier, I believe today, or if it was not today, yesterday, um, Brian Olosky's brother, Milan Olosky, was announced as uh, joining the team again from Real. Is it Real Monarchs or Real Salt Lake? One of the two. I can't remember which one's which. I forget. I think he was really the Monarchs, but he did make, I believe, two appearances with the senior team. So um, it's kind of a big unknown there. Is it it interesting to see him join? And then what's the chances we get a Lasky cubed uh, by somehow getting um, the other brother from Las Vegas at some point? I feel like those odds are pretty low. Um, How many Loskis do we need? But it seems like he kind of worked his way in, obviously. Um, it's as important as Brian is to the side. I don't think him going to the management. Um, or the technical staff Brian going, the hey, hire to, my brother. The, he doesn't have the pool to do that yet, huh? Yeah, I don't think um, him saying, hey, hire my brother, please, is, is going to result in a, a job. But um, if he's anything like Brian, then that's great because if it frees up Brian to do something else or just lets Brian rest his legs a little bit every once in a while, that's good. Um, I think he plays a little bit higher up on the pitch, and honestly, let's just rotate as much as possible. Um, a lot of people are saying that Kubo is washed, and you know what? If it is, and he can only play one every three games, and we have another slightly shorter era marketing, then that's fine. Um, you know, if he can play a situational role, it worked really well for Oakland with Bokila, um, and, and we can do that here and just manage minutes because that's going to be a big ask. But realistically, I think um, I didn't bother looking at where he played on the pitch, but um, Daniel Peterson, who kind of seems like he's going to be the Dylan Powers replacement at this point in time. Uh, Last I saw um, Dylan Powers was in Arizona. That was a couple days ago. So I don't know if he's going to be friend uh, Aiden Quinn, huh? Not that part of Arizona, but yeah. Okay. Um, I, I wonder if he's coming back, but Peterson has, has made a almost 200 appearances as a defensive midfielder. Doesn't, seem to do too much uh further forward yeah that can i um, can i just say this this comment is up on the screen right now i I think alan is more fit than ira marketing at this point uh that's harsh um is it harsh on alan or on Eero? i think that's a little harsh on Eero. obviously um a guy that pops around 15 teams in about a decade isn't going to be a you know the standout we we can um really pressed that he he once played for uh, Real Madrid Castilla, but realistically he was a journeyman for a reason. Um, and oh well, you know, if it works, it works. And we need depth because... Yeah, Dylan, that was not nice. Yes, that's because I said, you know what? Yeah, let's just, every time someone makes a mistake in the show, let's just pile it on me because at this point who cares. Um, the water's hot. Let's let's crank it a little bit warmer. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Daniel Peterson and, and I think being defensively resolute is, is the key to success here. If we start shipping two goals a game, we're going to flounder in seventh position all year long. But um, if it's 1-0 through the end of the year, it won't be exciting. But uh, as we as we learned last fall, it is certainly effective. And, um, you know, maybe you don't like to play like that at home. But uh, we have a star above our crest now, so. Yes. The star I'm shrugging the for the people that aren't watching. 
you, you do you have your so, you have your star above the crest uh in somewhere near Brad, right? Yeah. I think Brad's looking for it. There it is. Isn't that beautiful? A, Isn't that beautiful? Dylan, you always had a star above your crest because you're a star. Oh, um, thanks, Alan. Oh. You're welcome. Um, um go ahead, Alan. I I, I do I do have to agree with D- Dylan's comment about, you know, how you're going to win a championship. I mean, it worked for Italy in like the night, the 1990s, right? This very like defense first. Uh, some teams want to score one more goal than they, I think it's like, uh, there's a quote, like we, some teams want to score one more goal than the opponent. We want to give up one goal less kind of deal. Um, I never want to play that way at home. And, and so there's different approaches to soccer and Landon Donovan can say what he wants to say about how he wants to play soccer. Uh, but I'm going to quote another San Diego coach saying uh, why I wouldn't want to play that way. I think it's super fun when teams approach the game differently and you have these really great tactical matchups of teams that want to hold the ball and, and, and do that well against teams that want to defend and counterattack really well. Uh, we saw that this past weekend in the Premier League, um, you know, two teams executing their game plan really, really well. And it comes out to be a really fun game. Um, so do I like is one nil a boring soccer match? Sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think what what Dylan's saying is like, here's how we play the match. And if you're playing well, you can you can support a team playing well, right? If you're defending well and you're going out there, there's things to be excited about. Yeah, you would love to see like three, three goals, four goals, five goals a match. But if that means you're losing more than you're winning um, and <laughs> except your Orange County shirt came second. But anyway, um, I, I think it's a, a valid argument to have. Talking about now. <laughs> a very good argument to have is like, what do you want to see in your soccer team? Like, and some teams want to see really exciting attacking football. And that might mean you never win a championship because you might not be able to defend as well to go into Tampa Bay and beat a team like Tampa Bay or play a team and, and outlast a team like uh, San, Antonio. San Antonio. So yeah, Orange County has a star above the crest and they earned it and they figured out a way that makes their players better and stronger. And you have to t- tip your cap. Uh, does it always mean it's the prettiest soccer in the world? No. And if that's not the way you want to play, maybe it's not exciting. But at the end of the day, Orange County got the job done. It's not always about playing the prettiest soccer. It's about winning games and winning championships. Uh, and so that's that's what the great debate in soccer is about is there's so many different styles and it's fun when different people approach it differently and you see those styles go head to head against each other. Let me just say this. If you're not enjoying a 1-0 or a 1-1 match, you're not watching the right part of the match there. A lot of people focus on what's going on with the ball. There's so many other aspects of the match that are going on. Um, you're it, it's, it's like chess. You can't just watch the move that's going on right now. You have to watch all the moves that are happening around that move. Um, and that's that's what this this match, and that's why it's called the beautiful game, is it's not just what's going on around the ball. It's what every player on that field on that pitch is doing at that moment in a synchronized form um, that makes it so beautiful, even if it's a one, one or one nil or nil, nil uh, match. Um, Brad, last thought on anything we've talked about before we go uh, to one last quick thing before we wrap things up. Yeah. um, I think one of the most interesting uh, signings for me this off season is Eric Torres. And it makes more of a business sense to me than it does necessarily a a playing thing. Um, and that's, I, I hate saying signing players like this, but, uh, but he's going to bring in a minority group of fans to the seats, or at least from my perspective, uh, you know, players, players that are well known for being uh, just name value tend to bring in some seats. And if I were the team, I'd be advertising that come see, Cubo play in uh, in Championship Soccer Stadium in a small five thousand person uh, seating stadium. Why not? Um, he is still a good player, and I hope that uh, he gets a lot of playing time. But there is a lot of bodies up there at the top this year. Definitely be some competition be for minutes. Fierce. 
Yes. Um, let's do this really quick. And with it, you don't need to dissect it. You don't need to give your justification or reasoning. But as of it stands right now on February 22nd at around 9.30 p.m., how do you grade Orange County's offseason, Dylan? Letter grade. And to, to let everyone know, I did not prep the guys for this question. So they're really just thinking off the top of their head at this point. Except for, I guess, Alan Brad get to think about it for a few moments here while Dylan speculates. Thinks? C plus. C plus from Dylan. What do you got, Brad? Uh, I got a B. A B. Alan? Yeah, I guess B minus. Yeah, I, I agree with Alan on the grades there. And, and, and it's just some of the moves you just can't fault the club for because they are the championship team. So you're going to get poached a little bit when you win a championship. There's going to be other teams around the league or around the U.S. that are looking at your roster and saying, who can we steal from this championship uh, club to bring some of that championship experience? So I agree with you, Alan. B minus. I mean, I, st- I still think like in ways they made their lineup stronger. So there's like definitely pluses and there's like some guys that you're not going to replace, but um, that's why I'm leaning to the little bit more B minus than C. Cause there are some positions where I think they did get a little bit stronger. Um, and I, again, we're kind of holding out on some of those returning question mark guys and that could tilt a little bit higher as well. Uh, and a solid backup good. goalkeeper is, is yeah. the big one for me. If we get that, then that would bump the grade up probably to a B plus. Um, let's get into our random thoughts. And, and for those of you that maybe, or let, let me ask you this. Is there any other soccer information, soccer news you guys want to bring up really quickly before we wrap things up? There are a couple of really good looking kids in uh, MLS and uh, across the USL that I'm looking forward to. Um, just waiting on seeing what Orange County decides to go with this year. Perfect. Let's get to our random thoughts and we'll go to Dylan first. Hey, King of the Hill might be uh, 25-ish years old now, but it holds up quite nicely. Alan? Uh, my random thought is uh, that 70% of the United States will experience below freezing temperatures sometime this week. So uh, check your heaters, wear layers, Californians who don't know how to be cold, layer up multiple layers. Uh, that way you can adjust your temperature too hot, too cold. Uh, wear hat, wear gloves, keep that heat internalized, and we'll get through this, California. Brad? Um, just to add one more thing to the heat, uh, good whiskey uh, goes a long way. Uh, this is my third one of the episode, if you've been uh, counting along with me. Um, but no, uh, my random thought is I felt like a boomer for the first time today. Um Kanye did some sort of release of his new album on a live stream. And I watched it thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And it goes alongside some uh, music equipment that he's selling. That's proprietary. I had to ask my girlfriend's brother about it. And I felt so old as a result and uninformed. So do you own a pair of Yeezys, Brad? I do not. And I do not see myself purchasing a pair anytime soon. Anytime I, I go running, getting some. Anytime I go running, I'm wearing Wheezies. No, you are the Wheezies. All right, the show's over. Um, to anyone um, who's wait, 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 wait! I gotta talk. I gotta say something. We're so sorry. I gotta say something. Um, I know this is soccer related, but uh, on Sunday the U.S. Uh, women's team beat New Zealand five. Was it five nil? I believe. Um, but I feel bad for New Zealand's uh, Michaela Moore three own goals in the first half Um, as someone that likes to preach defense and uh, aggressive defense. I know this, these things can happen, but you have to feel bad for any player, regardless if it's on your team or the opposing team, if they score three own goals and apparently New Zealand almost scored a fourth own goal later on in the match. It just bounced off the the post. So feel bad for the New Zealand uh, women's team, uh, especially Michaela Moore for three own goals against the U S wasn't it also a natural hat trick too? Like three consecutive goals. Um, in the match, yeah, three consecutive yeah, goals. That's uh, wild. The fifth minute, the wild. sixth minute, and the thirty-sixth minute. That that one in the sixth minute, you just gave up one in the fifth minute, and then you give up one a minute later. That has just to feel horrible um, as a player. Um, look at that. Uh, 
if any of us have size nine and a half, you can get some Yeezys. Just contact Russell. Um, some nine and a half size Yeezys available for one of you guys. I think Dylan can fit the the nine and a half, right, Dylan? Doesn't anyone have a saw I could borrow? Okay, no. Um, well, let's do this. Let's wrap things up here because it's time to wrap things up. Uh, I want to thank all of you for tuning in live. Anyone that tunes in live and listens and comments. Um, as you've seen, we we see what you comment and we interact with your comments, especially Alan. Alan seems to be reading those mid-sentence and that's why he'll always pause because um, you can tell he's focusing and trying to read those comments. Uh, but thank They're you so for good. doing that. For anyone that listens to the podcast form of this, we appreciate that as well. Um, you can, uh, If you ever want to, if you listen to the podcast but want to try listening live, we do this on Tuesday evenings, 8.30 Pacific time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So just look for it on there. Uh, for Dylan, for Alan, for Brad, and our producer, Andy, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh,